Hi, I'm Nadia DeMarco and this is my Diary of a Fit Bird podcast where we will be discussing all things fitness, food and of course the 4-3-2-1 method. Hi, welcome to the 4-3-2-1 method podcast. It's a new podcast where we're going to try and meet members of the 4-3-2-1 method and hear about some real stories from people who aren't fitness professionals and hear about their success stories the things that they found difficult and also we will probably um, invite some members of the, the fitness community in as well but it's really important to hear from just normal people and hear their real stories about their journey. First up we have Kerry Mullen, welcome Kerry. She started the 4321 Method about six months ago but her health and fitness journey started long before that so it'll be really interesting to hear her story prior to joining the 4321 Method and, and of course after. So welcome Kerry and um, just tell us a little, about your, a little bit about yourself, you know what do you do for work and you know just generally about your day-to-day life. Um, well I am I run my own business. I am a virtual assistant, so I work from home a lot and spend a lot of time not moving about. (laughs) And um, I've also just qualified as a yoga teacher. Fantastic. How long have you been into yoga? I've been doing yoga since I was about 15. Oh, wow. But um, it's been something that's been in my life the whole time, but not been a consistent practice in the way of like, I've got to do like two hours of yoga every single day, okay. all that time. Um, but I would say my relationship with it grew over the last couple of years. Oh, excellent. And is that what introduced you to fitness when you were 15 or did it start prior to that? Yes. Well, I got into yoga because of Madonna. Um, as you do (laughs) and I wanted her arms and to be cool like Madonna and I was a more than chubby teenager and in some ways it would have been my introduction to fitness because I was not sporty and yoga seemed like something that I could do and it wouldn't require me to actually put too much effort into it in terms of physicality, yes, it yes. was like, oh, this will fix me. I can do this. And it's easy. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> By misconception. It's not true. No. It's definitely not true. Um, I was surprised the first time I tried yoga how difficult it was. I was yeah. like, what is going on? <laughs> I didn't look anything like the person that was showing me how to do yoga. And I was quite fit at that time in my life. So I can't say it was a lack of fitness. It yeah. was just a, a severe lack of flexibility. <laughs> So you must have been quite an early adopter of yoga then, if you kind of started back then. Yoga's quite a, you know, it's kind of become more popular. Certainly, um, it didn't, the sort of yoga world didn't look anything like it looks now. Mm-hmm. Um, my first yoga video actually was a woman in a, she probably wasn't that old now, but she seemed very old to me <laughs> then. And she wore a bright yellow unitard, you know, like the full long sleeves, <laughs> long leg, full unitard thing. It was, Love it. It was out of Avon. It was, it was classy. <laughs> <laughs> very different to like what you see on Instagram and everything yes. now with bikinis and the green juice and I can imagine yeah I can imagine very different world and so have you always liked training at home in your own space and at a time that suits you yeah I would say with my experience as I say I was more than chubby as a teenager I was not particularly comfortable um participating mm-hmm. in things so the idea of of going and training with other people going to a group fitness class or the gym was a no-no so anything that I could do at home also I grew up my mum was uh you know of that generation where aerobics was was king and Jane Fonda was the queen so 
so I grew up like I knew all the words to all the songs in the Jane Fonda workout video and the moves so it seemed very natural for me to do the same thing okay and so that sort of what led you on to the 4321 method that kind of convenience at home and that kind of thing absolutely what happened was I had sort of graduated out of that and I I now I'm incredibly competitive and I like sports and and I enjoy all that um and I graduated to to go into the gym and doing weights and and things like that but when I started my business Mm -hmm. I would spend long hours in the one spot you know I would be there all day and I wasn't going out in the same way you know I, I would walk all the time to work and I would go to the gym on the way home or I would work out before I went to work. So there was more structure in my life. And that sort of fell away when I started my own business because, as you know yourself, when you start a business, that becomes your sole focus. Mm -hmm. And every spare minute you have, you you devote to that. And I came to the 4321 method because I felt I had really let my my health slide in a way not that sounds more dramatic than it is but I was no longer prioritizing myself and while my body hadn't changed all that much I I wasn't I hadn't put on a lot of weight or I just didn't feel good in myself and I wanted to put that structure and that focus back in I think there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that for loads of different reasons so many people start to put themselves on the back burner and it's all about work, it's all about family, it's all about friends, and they become much less of a priority. And did you find that it was just about prioritising, or was there a little lack of motivation as well, or a bit of both? Yeah, I think both. I think what happens is that we set up particular structures, you know, that that are our accountability and our motivation, so it's not so much, you know, I don't always, not even the most enthusiastic, motivated person wakes up every single day and wants to get a workout in. Absolutely. But you have certain things in place that that are the triggers that make you go and do yes, those things. Yes. So, you know, whether it's going to a class before work or going to the gym on the way home and you have, you know, this is your routine. I go here and then I go to this place and that's the gym and then I get this train home. And yes. when you lose that, it's really easy to to get a bit lost and not know how to structure it back into your day. I mean, I think what you've just hit the nail on the head there, um, everyone sort of thinks that once you get into fitness, that's it, you're forever motivated to train and you love every workout. And you know, listen, I love working out, but a lot of days I don't want to train. It's not because I don't like training, it's because because life is busy. It's not always to do with training, it's to do with life, you know, um, when you're busy and you're working hard and you're under a lot of pressure, it can be. It's just sometimes another thing that you need to get done. Yeah. And you're right. It's all about building it into your routine. It's sometimes not just about motivation. It's got to be building it into a routine, which I think is so important. So I'm I'm glad that you sort of feel like now you've built that back into your routine with your kind of new way of life and absolutely. Yeah, it it was something that I had to really um, focus on. That was one of the reasons that I put the that I started storying on Instagram mm-hmm. and making posts about it and getting Fantastic. really involved in in putting it out there, yes. which is not very natural for me to do. Um it was like, no, I know that I need to put in these layers of accountability mm-hmm. for myself. And the fact that 
the 4321 method has such a great community that makes it easy to do that um that makes it easy to check in because when you're not you know if you're at home um all the time whether it's because of the work you do or because you've got young children Mm -hmm. you don't have that same infrastructure that you have when you go out to work and you know you're you have a group kind of mentality yeah, yeah. where where you're all encouraging each other and you know you're doing things and making plans you have to find other ways to, yes. to put that accountability in absolutely you and you like that kind of online community that we've that we've created we've got this great community for those that don't know um it's a 4321 community that we run through facebook and it's just a private group all full of like-minded people and is that something that you enjoy being a part it of it is because it's nice Especially, um, well, I don't know if it's different. I've only been doing this in the age of social media. So I don't know what it was like 20 years ago to to undertake something like this and have people round about you. But it's very easy with social media to get caught up in everything being all sunny and shiny and bright Mm -hmm. and how every person wakes up and they feel amazing and they look great and they they hashtag no filter (laughs) and you know they only want to eat avocado salads and drink kale juice and and everything seems so wonderful that even um that having a community there of people that you can say actually i really struggle today or this week has been feels like a write-off and to have people say, well, no, it's not a write-off. No, you're doing absolutely fine. You're doing so well and it's great. Yes. And and not in a kind of fake, false, cheery way, but because they really know what it's like to be doing the exact same things as you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That it's helps. that support from people who just are in the exact same boat as you, yes. who are facing all of life's pressures and trying to stay fit and healthy and amongst it all. Let's move on to nutrition. I mm-hmm. find this, as a personal trainer, a really fascinating topic because when I meet somebody for the first time, they're always really worried about the training session. That's what they fear the most. And as time goes on, they start to love the exercise and it's actually the nutrition that's the Mm -hmm. biggest battle for them on a kind of week to week basis. And that's certainly what I feel I have to work um, with people the most on. Mm -hmm. How do you find keeping nutrition in check? This has been something that I have worked on for a really long time this didn't start six months ago or even a year ago this has been a 10 year I would say process for me um I was about I would say six between six and seven stone heavier than I am now at that time and I had to make a lot of changes in my life but they came incrementally and I have I have tried to always I'm quite a researcher I like to know why to do stuff I don't really like to be told what to do okay. I like to know the why yes absolutely. I'm not just going to blindly right. follow something mm-hmm. um so the whole kind of slimming clubs um idea was never the right fit for me so I started to make little changes in my mindset through education um and i decided that some of the things probably were fads at the start but they led me to other things that was like so when clean eating was like a big thing yes you know there was so much information out there and conflicting information that i tried 
to to read everything and learn about it and then make it my own thing. Right, yes. Uh, Which is a great approach. Well, it, it's worked for me and, and it's been sustainable for me, but I understand that what a lot of people, and I was like that myself at the start, you're looking for a quick fix. Absolutely. You want overnight success. You don't want to have to think about it. You don't want to have to not eat anything um, or um, give things up, food and alcohol and calorific things. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big drinker. <laughs> Some people might laugh at that because I <laughs> I used to be young once. <laughs> but the that's never been an issue for me, but so much in giving up wine or anything like that. But food is such an emotive thing. It's a celebratory thing. It's a familial thing. Yes. You know, we, we eat when we're happy and we eat when we're sad. And I had to kind of learn that I could still have everything. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't have everything all at the one time. My God, Kerry, I feel emotional you telling me this story because it's like, why do I feel like I have planted those words in your mouth because this is exactly what I tell everybody all the time and I can't believe that you've kind of found that all out on, on route here and it's amazing because people, you know, everybody wants a quick fix and even, you know, people that I train regularly, they kind of start to understand they don't want a quick fix but equally it's very very tough to get into that mindset it although it sounds simple putting that into practice when all you want to do is lose the weight or look a certain way it can be really frustrating and I think the biggest um obstacle that I see is people having patience with it mm-hmm. you know you've just said it was a 10-year journey really and um, and I would say my journey has been probably as long you know because I've been a PT for eight years prior to that you know I was just a typical teenager trying to lose weight and you know mm-hmm. always sort of worried about how I looked so for me it's been a long process as well um, I suppose then the biggest question is how do you get that patience how do you how do you apply that you know all the time when people really want that kind of quick fix how do you how do you what would be your advice oh. on staying patient yeah on staying with patient it? I think I saw you know I, I grew up with my mum was never a dieter or anything. Um, she she liked aerobics and mm-hmm. things like that, but she was she wasn't a great dieter. But I had aunts and people that you see all the time, and all they were doing was being on diets. Mm-hmm. They were always on diets, and they were always miserable, and they were never happy with the outcome. They would get really happy because it'd be like, I lost ten pounds this week, I lost a stone. And then to celebrate that they would go back to the behaviours that got them in that position. And then so they were constantly yo-yoing. And I think it helped in a way that that I didn't have that in my house. My mum in fact is quite a feeder. <laughs> She's like, this is love. Yes, eat these potatoes, all the potatoes. Oh, thank you. I feel like mums are like that. <laughs> they are. They can be very like that. Thing. Um, and I, I think it was just for me looking about and going, I, I don't want that. I want it's something amazing. more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to to spend my whole life going back and forward like this and, you know, trying every trend. You know, 
I think it helped that I'm a reader. Mm-hmm. So when a new diet would come out, I would read the book. I read the South Peach Diet and I read yes. Atkins and, and all these things. But because I read them and didn't just follow whatever was on some TV show or not that there's anything wrong with that, it meant that I was able to kind of go deeper and be like, yeah, but what happens when I do decide I want to eat a potato? Exactly. You know, sometimes... Yes potatoes are good mm-hmm. potatoes are great and sometimes bread is good and great and um i think in life we we can very often get caught up in denying ourselves things yes and i i suppose if i was to give people one bit of advice i would tell them to let themselves off the hook oh great one just like you can have there is nothing you can't eat there is nothing you can't eat and when you let yourself off the hook of that, of, oh, this food is good and this food is bad, and, oh, I'm being naughty, yes. you know, and you start to think about actually what makes you happy and you start to listen to your body and whether... Sometimes you want to eat because you're hungry and sometimes you want to eat because you want to eat. Yes. And sometimes that's okay too. That actually it's all right if you're having a really bad day to have a dairy milk or whatever your equivalent yes. of that is but don't have you know the big giant family size one you know unless it's a really really bad day <laughs> quite yeah exactly I think you know why I always say to people is give up the guilt that's the yes. way that's the way I always put it it's exactly the same thing when you feel guilty about eating badly it causes you to eat worse mm-hmm. everyone thinks that that guilt and that shame of what they've eaten will stop them it actually has the complete opposite effect. I think as well, is it fair to say that you'd quite a, a long-term view of your health and fitness? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that it's worked out. I, did, I certainly didn't have any kind of um, five-year plan or 12-week plan. I think the first time I ever did a programme in which it was like, in only 12 weeks, in yes. only this, and I realised that that was not, true <laughs> that, that was not a great idea it's not to say I, I don't get seduced yes over the years I've been seduced by many a claim and promise I've been like oh in three easy payments I can have a body like that yay um but I think I didn't get too caught up in that outcome yes um I'm, I think resilience is important Great. And anything. It's like if you get if you invest all your your life in the outcome of an exercise program or a diet, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yes. That some things don't work and it doesn't make you a failure, it's just that that didn't work. Yes. Um, or it didn't fit your lifestyle. It didn't fit. That's, you know, that's, that's what I say to a lot of people all the time is it's not that there's what, always, I mean, there's some things are nonsense, that, that's, but that's the same in every industry. And, you know, but a lot of the time you, you could look at five different programs and they all work, mm-hmm. but it's, does that fit in with me? Does that, does that, do I have the time to do that? Does that it speak to me in a certain way? I think that sounds fun to do. It can be lots of different things. I think it just depends on what's right for you. It's not always to do... As I said, some programmes don't work, but often a lot of them do, but it's got to be the right fit for you, I think. Would you say that's an important thing as well? I think so. I think that 
Yeah, it depends whether or not you want to have a life. If you want it to be part of your lifestyle, I've been seduced by a lot of things. You know, there was one point in which I was like, oh, yeah, everybody's being a bikini competitor. That Mm -hmm. looks like lots of fun to do. No, thank you. I tried that. It really did not suit me. Working out two, three times a day, existing on plain fish and plain chicken and broccoli and, and things like that. The... The price did not outweigh the benefits, or I'm not quite sure if you know what I mean. Like it was totally horrendous. I got to one point where I felt like a toddler, you know, like when babies eat food and they just like push it out their mouth. That's how I wanted to be. I was like, if I have to eat this bit of fish one more time, (laughs) and but the people that love it, that's great, and it works for them. Yes, but. It's just about finding, yeah, what works in your life. What's interesting about about you bringing up about being a bikini investor is I quite people quite often say to me that they want to look a certain way, and I say to them, well, that's fine, but to do that you have to live a certain way, and I think there is a problem where the media make that look very easy, and it's not, and you know, and I, I and as a personal trainer, there's sometimes I I look at personal trainers on Instagram, you know, you. I'd say I, I, I'm quite self-confident and I'm quite comfortable in my own skin. But, you know, everyone has moments where they look at other people and they think, God, I should look like that. But actually, then I think, oh, I don't want that life. Like, I like yeah. my life. I like that I eat what I like to eat. I drink a little. I train regularly. My actual, it, it sounds really crazy, um, and you touched on this before, is my actual life doesn't revolve around health. It doesn't revolve around my exercise and my and what I eat my life revolves around actually trying to make other people see that that's actually my drive and what what I'm passionate about much more so than just exercise and mm-hmm. nutrition you know I don't count my macros you know I just have a rough idea of what I should be eating and um, and I when I look at people who who look much leaner I think well I know what that takes and I think sometimes people don't understand what that actually takes and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, so for you to have tried that bikini style life, that bikini competitor lifestyle, and you just thought, no, that just wasn't for me. No. No, I think it's there's a great um, image that goes about the internet, and it's of a, a ballerina, um, you know, on point, and then yes. without the shoe. And people won't until they see what it takes. Yes. And we're all like that. Absolutely. You know what? It's really easy to look at... Um, TV and magazines and increasingly obviously we're getting a lot of images pumped into our brains at all times now with Facebook and Instagram and and they're wonderful and they're great tools and there's some great communities out there and great movements that come from it but it can get really easy to forget what goes on behind the scenes that everybody's life actually kind of looks quite like your life. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, we all we all have um, to make our own dinner or whatever the, your equivalent is. There, yes. There's nobody living what they show on social media 24 hours a day. No, that is <laughs> absolutely true. And so I suppose to kind of, to finish off, what would be your advice to somebody that's maybe thinking about making some changes but they, you know, they've maybe tried and failed a lot in the past because um, that is quite common. What would be your piece of advice to somebody who's, who's kind of struggling? Well, who's struggling? Um, 
I think pick one thing you know and and sort of devote yourself to it whether that be taking the time to to just focus on the fitness side of it not on what you might end up looking like I would say that for me as I say I was I was really big I had no idea what my body might end up looking like and that in some ways let me off the hook a little bit because I didn't know there was no dress size in my head that was like the ideal Mm -hmm. so yeah pick one thing you know whether that be uh wanting to improve your diet or improve your fitness levels fitness is a good gateway I think nutrition is the hardest but fitness is a good gateway if you pick a um a goal of you know, I want to be able... It can be as simple as I'd like to be able to walk up so many flights of stairs without getting out of breath. Yes. Or I want to be able to do a push-up on my toes. Like yes. one push-up, not a not hundred or anything crazy. Um, and then do your research to find the best person, the best community for you to get you there. Yes. Um, because there will be something out there that's the right fit for you. Absolutely. Don't do it alone. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's a really good message. It's hard to make changes in your life, whatever they may be. Mm. And uh, I think that's that's a great note to finish on there is if you're struggling, don't do it alone. Get get help from friends or a community or somebody that can that can steer you in the right direction. Kenny, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. That's was, Thank you for having me. And, and for being the first guest on the podcast. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on this week's Diary of a Fit Bird podcast. To follow more of my journey, join me on social media at Diary of a Fit Bird. Or to learn more about my methods, go to the 4321method.com.